This is Shark Tales, a new podcast from NBC10 Boston that takes a deep dive into sharks. Sharks grab all the spotlight here in Cape Cod, but seals are an important piece of the shark puzzle. Andrew Bogomoni, aka Dr. Dre, is a local researcher who is currently focusing on seals and how they fit into our ecosystem. She shares her thoughts on the proposal to kill seals on Cape Cod to reduce the number of sharks, her way of ninja grabbing the seals, and why squirrels and seals have more in common than you'd think. Hey everybody, this is Rob Michelson with NBC10 Boston. I'm here with Andrea, I cannot pronounce your last name, Boglamoni. Boglamoni, pretty good. Uh, that was close. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people call you Dr. Dre, but it's a little bit easier to say. <laughs> it's easier to say. And you are an expert on ocean life. You mainly focus on seals, correct? Correct, correct, these days. Obviously, seals are a bit hot topic when it comes to sharks, because sharks eat seals. They eat a lot of things, uh, but people always talk about how sharks are eating seals. That's their, their They want a seal meal. Tell me, what got you so interested in seals? Well, when I started studying seals 20 years ago, nobody cared about seals. It was almost difficult to find a seal. And I was really interested in ocean health and the study of contaminants. And seals give us an, a view of what's happening in the ocean to let us know what's happening, especially with contaminants. Since they're eating a lot of the fish we eat, they live in the world that we live in because they're also terrestrial and aquatic. They're great sentinel species. So that's what really got me interested, especially locally um, in areas where they're close to shore, close to people. And I wanted to know, well, what's happening to them? What can they tell us? about ourselves and what we're doing to the ocean and how we're affected as well. Everything's connected. So that would be the kind of the theme of your research? Exactly. The circle of life. The you know, we're all connected. Uh, do you sing that when you do research? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you hold up a seal like Simba. <laughs> exactly. And you exactly. sing that, that. That's what scientists do in their spare time, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Shh, don't tell people. There haven't always been this many seals in Cape Cod. Yeah, there's a couple, couple points to that. So there haven't always been this many seals in our known history your time period my time period of life but before us before we were born you and i there were seals here there were plenty of seals here um we just decided as a, a population that there were too many quote unquote so there was a bounty hunt put on seals and they were reduced and extirpated from this area gray seals in particular and so by 1962 we didn't have seals you could go out and there was none there were no seals that's here. sad it is really sad and it's sad because we did it without understanding what the consequences of that would be um and in 1972 marine mammals were protected and they started all coming back some of them actually not all of them um and so then we had this rebound of a population that came from um uh, uh, islands off the coast of canada an island called sable island which is a, which is a big place from where these seals came and rebounded from so now we have more seals again so we came from this point of lots of seals to no seals to they're coming back again to numbers that we think were here before and to that same thing that was happening we did the same to sharks so we got rid of these large predatory sharks and then federal protections were put on white sharks and they started coming back so now we fast forward from 1972 to about the late 80s 90s go to the 2000s and all of a sudden both of these animals in our oceans locally here on the Cape started coming back and so 20 years ago we would see these interactions take place you would see a gray seal taken out by a white shark these things happen and now as both of these populations are increasing more of these interactions are happening in our oceans and we see them and it's interesting it's almost full circle because back in the day there was bounties on seals you know bring us a snout and i think they bring them a nose of a seal and they get like money like how much money you like exactly yeah you'd get two to five dollars a snout if you brought it to town hall in maine or massachusetts my god and and now they're making a rebound now people are calling for 
us to kill sharks and seals because they feel like they're a threat. Uh, how do you feel about that going in full circle? It's, it's, uh, to you, must be frustrating. It is frustrating. I feel like we're back at 1880 and at that point where we have this perception of competition that we know took place honestly because of mismanagement of, of fish species that we wanted as humans to consume. Um, but we know back in the 1800s before the decimation of our fisheries, we had plenty of sharks. Thoreau wrote about it on, on his book, Cape Cod, and people didn't want to swim in the waters. Why would you do that? There were so many sharks. It was, you know, bountiful, plentiful ocean um, back in the day. So I feel like we're going back in time, kind of back to that place we didn't want to be at. We want to be back to that place in 1972 where we said we want things to be like it was before, before being before the bounties, before the fish collapsed, before we came to this point. And so it is frustrating. Absolutely. What are the advantages of having so many seals in our environment? Ah, there's, this is one of the greatest, coolest areas of research that I think are out there because there's so many unknowns. Um, and every known that we're finding is so fascinating. So seals, I would say they, they don't smell great. Um, they just, I've never smelled a seal. Like to be honest, (laughs) can we, can you describe a smell, how a seal smells to me? It's very musky. Like you turn your nose up at how they smell. They don't musky, musky. I just imagine fishy, you know, they're not, not not fishy because because they eat a lot of fish you know because i eat a lot of tacos right you know maybe i smell like tacos something like that but like (laughs) i don't know like uh so they're they're musky they're musky they stink and a lot of people think that that's their their poop it's their scat or what you know that's making that smell and it's not they just stink they just they're like the frat bros of the sea you know (laughs) they gotta get some axe body spray for the seals on the the shore i have solved all our problems exactly (laughs) just make them smell good lysol the seals lysol the seals but what they do leave behind actually is really beneficial so this, really? the scat they leave or the feces, the poop that they leave behind. We can, yeah, scat, feces, poop. We'll, you know, we'll use all the words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, use them all. So pick the one you like, people at home. I like scat. Scat's a great one. And, and, and that's also, you know, yeah. it's kind of fun. It's got yeah. dual meaning. Exactly. Yeah, so. And that's so valuable. And that has dual meaning to people. Some people hate it. And if you think Ooh. about what the ocean Good. loves, they love it um, because it supports it's a nutrient. So anything that needs nutrients can grow. So whether you're a beach grass that needs nutrients, you've got it in the scat. Or if you're a phytoplankton in the ocean, you now have nutrients that came from um, the scat. So we're seeing in different parts of the world in Sable Island, Canada, that I mentioned where the gray seals rebounded from, there there, there are studies that show that the seals actually increase the dune grasses, which increases the the viability of the wild horses there and the health of them because they have food now. So Hmm. it, it, uh, creates a stable sort of uh, beach system and erosion here on the Cape we know is such a big issue. And there's been one study on the Cape on the seashore showing the same sort of effect of this increase in nutrients could have these beneficial effects. So if you're on a beach, there's a great benefit. And if you're a horse on Sable Island, you've got a great benefit from having seals there. I don't know if I'll ever be a horse on Sable <laughs> Island, but you know, who knows? I mean, you know, reincarnation, right, I right. could be a horse, right? you know, right. I could be a seal. But if you were to be on any sort of um, landscape that dealt with erosion and beach grasses can grow, there's a big benefit. Um, They're also beneficial and we're seeing that, you know, we're understanding what their ecological roles are and that's a big unknown. But in some places we see that they're eating predatory fish. So here we have things like hake and hake are really voracious predators of other fish. And to remind people, the biggest predator of fish are fish, Mm -hmm. not, not seals. And the more fish like hake that 
seals can eat as they come back, you get less pressure on, on baby ground fish like cod and haddock and pollock because those little larval fish don't have a chance against a hake. Mm -hmm. So it helps decrease those pressures on some of the other fish species that we're interested in commercially. And that's really fascinating. So they play a really important role in our food web. They're mesopredator, we call them, not a top predator. Our top predators, we know, are coming back. I think I might know what the top predator might yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. Is it sharks? It is, yeah. <laughs> our, our white sharks are and there's other other species that will take a seal out too but we have a system that's coming back into balance where we can see the pieces playing out and i think the other really big benefit of seals is that they're really incredible animals to watch and understand what's happening in our oceans, just like sharks are. And so it really increases people's knowledge and awareness about the ocean. And I would say that you've got some of the best ocean stewards out there when they're out there, these kids that are just watching seals out by the Chatham Fish Pier, totally mesmerized and asking questions about the ocean, asking questions about fish. And it starts a way to really engage people in conversation. And they're incredible incredibly smart animals as well. So they're a little, they're a little wily. <laughs> little, tell me, little, cause some trouble. Uh, it sounds like they're naughty. Are they <laughs> little scamps? They're, they're a little, they cause trouble. <laughs> they definitely cause trouble, which is why I think I also like them. They're, they're you like really the You like the naughty animals. Exactly. You don't like like just like a, well, cats are naughty, but like you don't like like a lizard that's sitting there. It's like, I'm following the rules. I'm a lizard. I eat flies. Seals. Now, how Gray are they seals naughty? are rule breakers. They they're like, rule breakers. Yeah, they don't like following human rules. We put rules out and they're like, no, I'm going to break that rule. So that's a, I admire that. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're kind of the bad boys of the sea. <laughs> so they're they're the frat bros because they're smelly. They're the bad boys of the sea. Mm -hmm. I'm liking seals because mm -hmm. like everything sharks are cool, mm -hmm. but sharks, you know, they have their own rules. But seals are like, oh, guys, guys, check it out. I'm smelly. <laughs> And I, I play by my own rules. I'm telling you, give them opposable thumbs and we're in big trouble. If you if we give seals opposable mm -hmm. thumbs, yeah. who knows what they could do, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> so they might, might do keg stands uh, under the sea. I see a lot of parallels uh, with sharks and seals. People are like, just get rid of them all. We don't want them, but they're important. Yeah, so. <laughs> they're, they're both very misunderstood. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I definitely think that's a big part of it. They're misunderstood. And in terms of fear, I mean, that's a big thing that also unites them is... is um, interesting as seals are there's people you, sh you should fear them they have big teeth um, but your behaviors as a human are really important when interacting with these animals yep. as we know and that includes seals you know they they won't bite you but if you put a piece of fish out there for them they might with your right. hands in the way <laughs> just like yeah if you give me like a nice reuben like a hand sandwich and you know like a, i'll be like oh i want to eat this reuben right i might put your hand in the process right. you know I, it's the same as having a dog if you've got a yeah. dog that's not well trained like mine that you know will sit and sit a little and sit. naughty like a, little a, naughty, a scamp right? you and like your scampy yeah, animals you know and they'll sit and wait for their treat but you have to tell them to be gentle or else they're going to eat your finger too. So seals don't know that. And they can be trained by us, unfortunately, to want to eat from humans and eat fish. And that's when people get bit. And those are really the only situations, um, especially with gray seals here, that we've had to be concerned about is when people are actively or the motion of feeding a fish. So it's the same thing with a shark. You have to you know, monitor your behaviors around animals as well so that we have less interactions. They're tough. I mean, I've seen videos where seals have fought back against sharks, and sharks are tough. In your study of seals, have you seen like seals kind of fighting back uh, against sharks or any other animals? And uh, what's what's it been like? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of examples, fortunately and unfortunately, of you know when we first started seeing these interactions and um, working with Greg 20 years ago, mm. and you know I I give him reports of stranded seals that were bitten by sharks. They were the ones that didn't make it, right? Mm -hmm. They're the ones that weren't so fast. 
Um, but that's how we learned. That's how we learned what these, what was happening in these interactions taking place. So the ones that, that don't make a, you, you know, obviously there's large bites and then we're seeing the ones that do, that are learning, that have the scars of survival, that have just a couple scrape marks and teeth marks. And so they're able to get away, which is really interesting. And then you can see the, the remnants of that on the shark, the, the claw marks that sure. they leave behind and fight them for. So we're seeing these different stages, I guess, of seals not getting away and seals getting away. Um, and really the, the aftermath of that and having these animals survive and seeing where the sharks were approaching the seals, whether it was from their rear flippers or from their mid body, you know, this, the signs are there and it's so cool because those scars stay behind and you can see the progression through life of these animals with those scars. What does a day of research look like? You know, are you going out there, are you photographing them? Are you out there like amongst them, smelling them? Uh, you know, <laughs> like, like how do you, how do you study these animals? Well, I, I will first say that, um, I, I'm always, I'm not an I person. I'm definitely a we person. And yep. there's um, a great group of SEAL researchers that follow many different angles of research that are trying to learn aspects of SEALs. So there are marine mammal stranding networks, rescuing SEALs. Um, there are researchers, including myself, who will go out and um, capture SEALs to study their health. So we actually, it's my favorite, absolute favorite. In the middle of winter, we go and... Um, <laughs> We ninja style go grab baby pups off the beach. Ninja style, yeah, kind now of grab them and take health data from them. It's my favorite. But you're saying this ninja style, so we got we got to walk this back. <laughs> so is this in the dead of night? You it's, know, do uh, you have do you have masks on and ninja and ninja? You have swords? to like actually crawl at times up to them quietly, and then you have a seal bag that you quietly are able to like throw over them so that you can capture them. This is like a cartoonish like kidnapping, like you know, it, it just is. Like, it's like a seal kidnapping, and then we. Put them back <laughs> so they, they're objective and yeah. then we, we put them back um and then we also uh, look for scat so scat is a great sample it's you know it's how you know you made it in the seal world when you have a permit to collect seal Ooh. scat i didn't know you need a permit for these things yeah you need a permit so marine mammal work um is highly regulated um under the marine mammal protection act which is part of it you need special permits to do different types of research so i think i have five different permits which allow me to do research in different parts of um this region and for different aspects so um, diet studies are done with scat and scat has a permit to get them um, we take photographs of seals we have a long-term research study at the isla shoals um, and that's nine years in now so we can follow the same individual seal now for nine years just like the sharks have have ideable um, marks to them gray seals all seals keep their pattern so we have animals that we've been following for nine years my favorite is mr t mr t is the coolest mr. seal mr t mr t and we've seen him for nine years straight now so we can follow individuals through time which is phenomenal so there's all these different aspects of the ways we can study them there's people studying reproduction um, studying health uh, understanding uh, survival over time like life history so pretty much anything you can think of um, there's a way to study it I think it's really incredible in the SEAL community that we all work together to help each other out to to do that what misunderstandings are there you know the people saying like you know all these SEALs is hurting tourism because it's bringing in sharks like what what's your stance on that I would say I totally understand the fear of sure. that or the potential for things to change I think when you start looking at 
numbers people are concerned about are people going and swimming at the seashore and, and not coming um I would say from the traffic this summer there were a lot of people here mm-hmm. <laughs> um and if you look at the number of people who are doing seal tours especially those seal tour boats are sold out all day all the time every seat um and the desire to learn and go to the fish pier and see seals or people asking where can I go um pretty much anywhere in Cape Cod there's a desire to maybe not hopefully interact with these animals, but get an understanding for themselves in their own personal way about what's out there. And so it is bringing people still here and it might change who or where people might go. Sure. Um, But it seems to be that people are still coming to this region and we do know that it's a really big part of the economy as well. Um, There was a recent um, study done on marine stewardship and just really totaling what that number would mean for the economy here in Massachusetts. And it's, it's a pretty high number of what that does bring here just to be able to be in this region and see those animals that haven't been here for, for decades now. I mean, cause you can't just see seals anywhere. You know, I live up in exactly. New Hampshire. Yeah. Well, we got squirrels, right? Almost school. <laughs> not probably not as skin. They're not little scamps. Oh, they are little scamps. So, you know, so, so I mean, would you say squirrels are the land seals? <laughs> Yes, actually, I, I there's such a great analogy to that because people have a no way relationship. Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. I stumbled on something with my no, bad jokes. It's so Excellent. true. No, people love and hate squirrels. You get a, a squirrel in your backyard at, at your bird feeder. This is the best analogy with seals. People are like, oh, it's in my backyard. It's eating it out of my bird not feeder. in my backyard. Not in my backyard. Yeah, <laughs> but some people are like, oh, I love squirrels. Bring them to my backyard, and they sell feeders for squirrels. <laughs> yeah, and it's such. A, it's so interesting that like some people can love or right, animals, just like people love and hate sharks you'll right. love and hate seals like you know i saw a little squirrel digging in my backyard i'm like i don't know i'm so neutral on that because i like it you're cute but also like i gotta fill in that hole because sharks bite people and sharks eat seals that people seem to gravitate towards the shark seal relationship yeah it's it's honestly really um fascinating and i would say in other places in the world i grew up in california that i don't think seals ever entered the equation when talking mm-hmm. about sharks and those effects even though we know that sharks eat seals there too it's you know very well known um but there's definitely this relationship that intrigues people here and people are very fearful of and i do understand because it is so close to shore sure people can actually see these things happening um it's it's very scary to see but there is a lot of um i i'm still perplexed at calls for culling say seals to reduce sharks or culling sharks to reduce attacks or to limit the number of animals that are in our ocean for our own benefits um, in this wild place is sometimes very uh, challenging for me. Right. And I mean, you just even thinking about it, like going about the process of culling seals, like who's going to do that? Like, you know, what are you going to go out there with like baseball bats? In your opinion, when obviously people see sharks as a problem, but is it something that needs a solution? What is the solution when it, as it maybe as it relates to seals? I think it's a great question. I think you have to actually step out of that question and try and figure out what it is that's truly driving the fear Mm -hmm. and what's driving that desire to say, get rid of one or the other. And again, think back in the days of Thoreau. So it wasn't that long ago that we had these animals here. People were saying, well, I'm just not going to swim in the water. There's all these sharks. Why would I do that? Why would I recreate in this ocean? That's Mm -hmm. wild. Um, And really trying to understand where the fear is coming from to start with and then seeing how we find solutions to that. The, the, the thing to find a solution of is the fear, not the animals. Right. And how do we deal with the fear 
and then we can find a solution. And if you start talking to people, um, including anyone, a beachgoer, a scientist, somebody who has property, and really get down to the nitty gritty, the roots of where this is coming from, there are solutions there that don't involve the reduction or, or elimination of species. And it seems for some reason the the easiest thing to say and actually perhaps the easiest thing to do is to actually work together to find those solutions and that's where it's really fun as a scientist somebody who does community science I like to say that yeah. works with people to answer questions is let's get to the root of what the issue really is if you think it's seals are eating all the fish well let's find out if that's true right and if if it's not well let's figure out how to keep them out of your nets um, there's got to be a way we can put people on the moon we can figure out how to deter a seal um, or if it's the fear of going in the ocean and having harm happen to you for a large animal. Let's figure out ways that we can manage that fear in a way that's responsible. So maybe we only go to our ankles or our knees or we don't go in these certain areas. But you try and work with, with all, all of us together to figure out what's a reasonable explanation and mm-hmm. solution to what the, the ultimate thing that we're really talking about is and really have honest conversations about it. And it's almost funny, the things that we should be concerned about, we're not because the things that we are afraid of are flashier, like a shark attack or something like that. It's like me, like, I'm going to tell you, honestly, the animal I'm afraid of the most in New England, ticks. Yes, I am petrified. Too. I go in the woods, I'm checking myself. And like, cause I'll go in the water. I'm not thinking about sharks. Yeah. You know, even before I started this, uh, doing the shark tales this summer, I, I'm in the water, like fine. You know, and I know that it's a rare thing. Then in my opinion, I just, I, from what I've seen, like, yeah, not something's going to happen. Ticks and Lyme disease. That's scary, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And you take precautions. Mm-hmm. You you take risks that you are willing to take. Right now, we have mosquitoes that have triple E. You take the Yes, risk. we do. <laughs> you yeah. take the risks or not. You take preventative me- measures or not. And absolutely, I think I agree. I'm so afraid of ticks, and I'm so afraid of, of being out in places where I'd have that. And at that same sort of level... I would be afraid, say, to go in the woods and eat food where I knew there were bears and not take the precautions I right. needed to take. Exactly. So I think what you're saying is, uh, is I need a new podcast. Tick, tick tales. <laughs> but in a way, it's like we only fear animals because of how you know what they can do to us or how we see them as a threat. Mm-hmm. But in your study, it's like, well, we're all we're all in one thing. We're all connected, and we just got to find a way to that we can all get along and live together. Um, and you know, not upset that balance because it isn't all about balance. It's definitely about balance and humans are a part of that. And we have to acknowledge that we are a part of it. This isn't just, you know, we're going to leave the world as people say, you just are, you just care about seals. You just care about sharks. No, we care about each other as well. And figuring out working together, how to fit humans into that system as well. It's not an all or nothing either way. We all have to be in the system. We are part of it. We are part of the system. And I like to remind people when we talk about conservation, which is why we have the Marine Mammal Protection Act, conservation includes humans they're part of the equation we all have to live together and it's trying to figure out how we do that that's really the challenge even with ticks so we have you to know, figure that out too they I play a role shivers <laughs> Damn it, just the thought of a tick um so getting away from the ticks in the woods because i'm gonna faint and you don't want to see a journalist uh, faint no. from fear no. with seals like when you first started really studying them like was there anything about them that was fascinating like oh my god i never knew again the smell or anything like that was there something you learned you're like oh seals i didn't know you'd be doing that um i think they're they're fascinating i guess there's a couple things um i don't even know where to start there's so many no um so i started studying seals as i said because of the contaminants that they have in their system 
And that really tells us about what's happening in our ocean. And for me, it was shocking. Um, I mean, this is, this is the shocker. So, you know, I say this and you're probably listening saying, oh yeah, okay, there's some contaminants, whatever, da, 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 da. but they're at levels that in some places in the world, not here, in some places of the world, like the Baltic, seals are considered toxic waste. They're, they're swimming in, in water and they are considered living animals that are toxic waste. That's how many contaminants can build up in your system. And so whatever animal eats them, they're right. eating toxic waste. Right. And our, our animals here have a pretty high level of contaminants as well. Hmm. And so if you think about it, what are the sharks getting? They're eating the seals, but what are we getting? These animals represent what we eat as, as well. That's there's why fish there's, in those waters and the sharks fish. eat the fish. We eat the fish. Right. And yep. so I think for me, that's that moment where I was like, oh my goodness, like we have to really pay attention. If we really care about ourselves and our ocean and our children and everything we're doing to this planet, here's an animal that can tell us what's happening. We just have to listen to it and really find out what it's trying to say. Um, but there's other cooler facts that are probably less, you know, sad, <laughs> dense than that. But it's I something mean, we can researchers. Yeah. Like you learn things. You're like, Oh no. Oh. Like, Oh, the seals are basically, they're, they're, they're like walking, they're like, oh. so, they're garbage pails. They're like filled with like toxins. It's not their fault, you know? But they can hopefully empower people to make changes. And that's right. what's happened in a lot of the world is understanding this has, has actually caused humans to make laws to prevent this from happening. And that's incredible. So that's what's really impressive is if you can understand what's happening and use these animals to understand, we can make changes. Um, and then the, the less like dramatic, which I think is super cool if you didn't know, um, <laughs> I'm such a scientist. So seals have delayed implantation, which is super cool. So what does that mean? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. So they all, you know, breed at the same time. You'll find them on, on Monomoy off of here and they'll all have their pups around, you know, December, or January time. And then amazingly, 12 months later, they're back there again, having pups but their gestation time is only nine months. How did they do it? Hmm. Delayed implantation. It's pretty cool. Delayed implant. <laughs> so, so you talk about like they, they do the deed and like, and then it just takes a while to get there, like into the, the, yeah, they start and then it stops. And this, this little thing just stops until it's ready to form for nine months. It's so cool. And this is one of those strategies that these animals have to survive in this ocean and come back to a place that they need to get to to pop. It's so cool. Seals are called pinnipeds. So pinnipeds are sea, seals, sea lions, and walruses. Mm -hmm. And some um, fur seals, there's a study in Australia that their gut microbiome, so the, the gut bacteria, mm -hmm. actually help break down um, what's in their gut and give more nutrients to the ocean because yeah. of what's in their gut. So without these pinnipeds, these seal or sea lions, the nutrients wouldn't be available to your ocean, basically. So how cool is that, that their own gut is that specific? Seals are cool. You know, and I, I, I wish I could have that delayed implantation because I have a three-month-old now. <laughs> and now I'm just like, oh, man, I could use another five months to prepare for this, you know? Right. But I guess looking to the future. What do you want to see happen? What do you want to see happen with seal research, with sharks? Because obviously that's a big component of this. What do you want to see change in Cape Cod? That's, uh, there's a lot. Um, so I'm, I help steer chair a group called the Northwest Atlantic Seal Research Consortium. And we started um, probably 11 years ago to try and get people together to talk about seal work. And one of the big issues, and I'll just say it, is there's no funding for seal research, which is in some ways this beautiful thing that happened. I'm an optimist, if you can't tell. Yeah. And we all work together to make, make do with what we have and try and convince people that seals are important and need to be researched. Um, and not just research for science, but for humans, for, for all these issues and conflicts that are happening. And I think more effort and energy needs to go into 
understanding why that's important or what isn't happening, that what isn't happening is just as important to make known to the public um, and to our legislators and to scientists that we have a lot more to do. But in order to do it, we all need to work together at this point to really, really get those answers. Um, and so more effort and energy and um, acknowledgement of that, I think, would be great. There's so many unknowns, and I do so much myth-busting or, you know, preventing misinformation from going around, and I feel like there's more effort going into that than the research that we need to actually happen. Well, because social media, you're you're going you know, some on these Facebook feeds, and you're like, there's all these facts and stuff, and you're like, no, that's not it. That, exactly. That's wrong. That's wrong. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I have to do, deal with that every day myself working in news. Right. Uh, so you're fighting against misinformation more than you're trying to find like facts. Like the effort that you had to put in there Correct. is... It's tough. Really, really a hope that whatever information is put out there, people can trust. I think that's really incredibly important. And so working together in communities to answer your question, I know I've said it before, but yeah. it's really important if you know someone has a question or you're looking for data, come to your local scientist, right? Come to us or, or, or we will come to you and to the same um, sort of thing. If, if there's something we don't know, let's figure it out rather than make up information about it because it's more harmful, not just to the seals or to the sharks, but to the credibility of science. And right now that's the struggle that I think a lot of people are facing is recognizing that we have a, a <laughs> this crisis of, we spend so much time correcting information rather than getting the right information made <laughs> sure i feel like you know what you're saying a scientist is the opposite of political pundits because like you know they're they don't know what they're talking about but they have to make it make up facts to make it seem like they're right and you are like oh we want to find out the facts and we want to know what we're talking about uh and if we were wrong we're going to find out why right so right. basically support scientists <laughs> don't support political pundits right I just mean, in general and there's so much to do you know just like the sharks we want to know where they're going we want right. to tag them and track them and follow their lives and take pictures it's really complimentary the work that um seal research does and shark we just need to work together more and i'm always grateful when i have an opportunity to work with megan or, or greg and, and work with cynthia and um understand that we do a lot of collaborative work together because we all recognize it's important and we just need more of it and i would love to see more support for that and as a final fun question because you're talking about the shark researchers mm -hmm. and the seal researchers <laughs> and is this like a sharks and the jets kind of situation <laughs> like you guys are two rival gangs but you got to work together somehow you know the shark researchers seal researchers is there a rivalry <laughs> um I, I, I don't know if there's a rivalry. Mm -hmm. I would say there's there's um, a lot of love between there of like supporting Good. each other, I'll be honest, which I really, 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 really am happy about. Um, but there's definitely, <laughs> the SEALs are the underdogs. That's true. Situation. You're ruined for the underdog. We, we, the SEALs are the underdog. And so there's a lot more attention. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes mm -hmm, it's a bad mm -hmm. thing. We, we deflect. We're like, we'll just let the shark folks deal with that one today. <laughs> we'll yeah. just sit over here. And someday it's, we'll, we'll seal, seal folks will, will, you know, take this challenge on and we'll give them a break today. Right. Um, but, you know, I think that that's a good rivalry to have. It's a good sort of, you know, we, we need to work together, but know where, know where, know when we can sort of give them the, the opportunity to have their say. That's right. We all need to work together. Together. <laughs> all animals are great except for ticks right except for except ticks. for ticks seals sharks are great yeah let's i'm gonna call the ticks but then so then the, there's gonna be tick researchers that come after me right. it's like hey it's actually part of the ecosystem and that's Absolutely. why we need science yeah yes. it's all connected it's all and connected i think honestly the you know the more that we do that and and actually get that message out the better off we'll be it doesn't matter if it's a shark a seal a tick a fish 
we have our own interests. We're very selfish creatures as humans that we see things as we want them to be. Sure. So you can think of it as putting yourself in the flippers instead of the shoes of another animal for a day and pick an animal and see what it's like to be them um, and how we relate to them, even if it's a tick. <laughs> you know, I think I want to be a honey badger. Ever, yeah, uh, yeah, see? Then I, I mean, then I can be who I, I because they're little scamps. I know you study seals, but if you could be any animal, <laughs> I mean, what would it be? Gosh, I don't know. Probably something that flies so you can see see everything. Okay. Above. Or a flying fish. They got both the best. A flying fish underwater above <laughs> the water. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, that's that that's great. You want the best of both worlds. You want it all. Which is and why you seals want are great. They're in on land. They're and at sea. You, you don't want to stay all. in one place. You know, you want to be here, there, everywhere, and in between, all the places you'll go. I think you figured out why I study seals. I think that's it. Then that's all I wanted to do. That was the point of this interview, is why you study seals. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for your time. And, uh, you you know, and if people want to find out more information, where can they find you? Um, I am the chair of the Northwest Atlantic Seal Research Consortium, and it is nascirc.hui.edu. Um, as opposed to NASCAR. So it's not NASCAR, it's NASCARC. Um, and um, on that website, you can find information about the consortium. You can find frequently asked questions so you can get the right information about seals and uh, and sharks as well and share information. Um, and there's information about research that's being conducted um, and the latest and greatest that we know of out there. So the resources are there for you. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining in on another episode of Shark Tales. Make sure to subscribe and write us a review on your favorite podcast provider to get new episodes right when they come out. Don't forget to check out our weekly show on YouTube and Instagram and come back for even more exclusive shark features.